0: It's Saturday, March 20th. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host Sid and joining me in the studio today is Mega Sareen. We have another IPO. We're doing a lot of IPO shows on Bazaar these days because so many companies are coming out with their IPOs. So Mega, it is a pleasure to have you on the show again.
1: It's a pleasure to be on the show every time and I must say I'm particularly excited about today
0: yeah because this is quite an interesting company and uh, yes. i think it's one of those few ipos that i am excited about because we have covered a lot of ipos since the beginning of this month and you know we've seen companies which were not very exciting but this company in particular nazara technologies it's quite an interesting business and it's a diversified gaming company really one of a kind you know nazara is coming out with an ipo and on the final day, the issue was oversubscribed by around 175 times. The retail category was oversubscribed by 75 times. You know, oversubscription has become the new normal. And do you remember the last time an IPO was not oversubscribed?
1: Not really. Not really.
0: That's how things are, right? I mean, I think 100
1: plus is the normal these days
0: yeah and like even the easy trip is my trip uh, ipo like it was subscribed more than 100 times but on the day of listing it did not really go as much. and
1: people yeah. have come up with new standards now so okay this is the first company which was subscribed more than 100 times and it is not getting that good listing gains so they are coming with new standards <laughs> these days
0: yeah it is it is crazy we are living in a i don't know fear of missing out like people, people Actually. are just really, really <laughs> fearful. And there's too much liquidity in the markets. I also feel, Yes. Uh, anyways, coming back to Nazara technologies. This is a really interesting company with its feet dipped into mobile gaming, esports, gamified learning and fantasy sports. All of these subcategories are poised for some tremendous growth in the future, not only in India, but I also think a- the global market is growing at a very good pace. And, you know, if Nazara can capitalize on this growth in the gaming industry, then the future looks really bright. Obviously, we'll cover all of these aspects in the later stages of the show in the competitive advantage and the, the business aspects of the company. But, you know, first, let's take a look at the issue. So what is the issue size here that Nazara is coming out with Mega and is the company raising any new money through this IPO?
1: Uh, no, not actually. Uh, so the company is going to raise around f- uh, 582 crores to the IPO and it's an entirely an offer for sale by the existing shareholders. And the interesting part here is that Rakesh Junjunwala holds around 11% shareholding and he is retaining the entire share. He's not even selling a single share. It's ISL and the promoters who are quite offloading the part of their share and ahead of the ipo nazara tech has mobbed up around 261 crores from 43 anchor investors which i think is quite
0: good that's really impressive i mean 43 anchor investors they are like yes plowing their way to get a piece as of if this they were waiting idea. for
1: nazara to come out in the market
0: yeah yeah it is crazy and obviously you know having marquee investor on board like rakesh Junjunwala is a yes. big deal I mean, they're not raising any money, but it really helps the company to sell themselves and gain that premium in the market.
1: Actually, they're leveraging the name. Not even a single place I've heard about the promoters. It is being called yeah. as Junjunwala's company. Okay, okay. I've read it at all the places. Rakesh <laughs> Junjunwala's Nazara Tech. And I thought, alright, even 11% of share can make him the owner.
0: Yeah, as if he's the promoter of the company. Like, he's the yes. main main promoter True. of the company. Yes, i i don't even think a lot of people know who the promoters of this company are like the name of the promoter
1: yes that is fine in most of the cases i don't know it but this time with junjunwala's name i think it, it has more hype around it
0: yeah definitely and the fact that junjunwala is not selling a single share out of his 11 percent holding it tells you the level of confidence that junjunwala has in this company right and that Enables people to like that. That builds confidence in the retail investors. Yes, it,
1: it quite increases the credibility for the company. Yes.
0: Yeah. you know he he has a macro view of things, and I think Nazara, it's not that big part of his like it's it's a small part of his overall portfolio. But you know I'm sure that he he sees a lot of potential in this investment. And uh, you know coming back to the company, we've we've not really seen a pure play gaming company debut on the Indian markets. Like there's not really any player that's any listed player that we can compare Nazara with and diving deep into the history of the company I think you know the company also has a very interesting history the company was set up in 1999 and it has been in business for more than two decades now the founder of this company is Nitesh Mitharsen who himself plays a lot of games like he is a guy who loves games he is an avid gamer himself and the founder being a guy who's very passionate about games helps the company because he has a direct control over how the the people will perceive those games. So, you know, in 1999, Nitesh Sen set up this company and I would say, you know, for the first six years, the the going was really tough for the company. Like, uh, they had to witness the dot-com bubble in 2001 and that was a big blow for Nazara because they were not really making big money, you know, from games. and The turning point was 2005 for them when they started building cricket games, cricket mobile games, and they managed to get Sachin on board. You know, that was a big point of entry for them in the gaming industry. And once Sachin was on board, they also landed media partnerships with Airtel. You know, things really started to pick up. In 2009, mobile gaming really caught on. In India, you know, data prices were dropping. More people had access to internet connectivity, you know, smartphones were also gaining that credibility. Like people were buying a lot of sm- smartphones. So Nazara at that point, they had introduced a subscription model to gaming where they would offer a bunch of games at a subscription of around 99 rupees. I'm not sure if that was for one month or for one year, but either ways, I mean, it was not that expensive and that is how they started, you know, g- getting money from games. But honestly, if I if I had to pinpoint one aspect in the company's history which really turned their business around it was in the past three or four years like that's when they really started to make aggressive moves in in 2018 they acquired nordwin gaming a player in esports you know that's when they entered into esports and which is another category of gaming we'll talk about that in the later stages of the show and in 2019 they acquired a majority stake in paper boat which is you know, which has created an app called Kidopia, a gamified learning app in North America. So all in all, you know, in the past three years, they have started to make aggressive moves. And I think the future looks very bright for this company. So uh, let's dive into the business and the industry. So what do you, what do you think about the gaming industry in particular? And what do you think are some of the growth drivers going forward?
1: Um, actually, said there has been a lot of hype around this, in, this industry, particularly lately. And I think it makes sense now. So with an estimated market size of approximately $160 billion in 2020, I think it's one of the most largest and fastest growing segments in media and entertainment. And the key driver, I would say, would be low-cost smartphones and cheap data, thanks to Jio. And digital mm. payments, I think today paying on net or through mobiles has become so easy. I think it's just a click away. And yeah. apart from that, when we are talking about the industry, so the very the challenges with the industry were majorly monetization, mm. and that the, there was a very limited local games development. But now I think the more internet penetration and the factors as i mentioned things are changing they are monetizing they are bringing up very new innovative revenue models like yeah. in app purchases and because people you know, didn't used
0: to pay for it like like I, I don't remember ever paying for a game before but i think that's changing now like people have like the the hardcore gamers and the the people who are actually serious about it they have started paying for the games
1: and the fact being that earlier paying was not that easy even i don't remember 3 4 years back making a digital payment was this easy like it's Mm. today yeah so there are a lot of factors which are contributing to the growth of the sector now Uh, and they have come up with really new very innovative revenue models and one i really like is the in-app purchases Mm. so and in that aspect i think pubg has took the gaming world (laughs) by storm yeah actually it has i know it may sound a little funny but it has actually changed things for them So they have always struggled with the monetization, but now the scenario is changing. And talking about the growth in the sector, I think in the FY20, it registered a 45% growth in the revenue uh, with user base actually surpassing uh, 365 Mm. million. And it is projected to reach around $1.96 billion, which is huge.
0: Wow. That's that's some growth. I mean, 45% growth in just one year in an industry is tremendous growth. Actually. And
1: (laughs) And I think this is only, uh, this is one of the few sectors which have benefited from COVID.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, people were back at home and, you know, like, what do you do? Like when you're stuck at home, you're done with the work, but then you want to relax and you don't have a lot of things to do, right? You cannot go out and play games. So definitely COVID has boosted gaming. So, I read an interesting fact that, you know, 95% of the revenues generated by a lot of these gaming companies is through in-app purchases. So, that is becoming a very big driver for revenue for these companies.
1: Actually, to understand it, you just need to understand one thing that when you are playing it, they are actually playing with people's psychology now. You actually Mm -hmm. start relating to the person who is playing on your part in the game. You think of that character to be yourself. So what the character is wearing, how he or she looks. So it is everything very personal now. So people are ready to spend.
0: And it's very difficult for me to understand because I have not played, like I have never been a hardcore gamer in my life. I mean, people are doing chartered accountancy. I don't think you get time to play games, but
1: you have different type of games.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, it's mentally challenging. Those games are mentally challenging. You don't play,
1: you are actually, you are played. No, you are the game which is being played by different people. I think it's a very different scenario over
0: there. Yeah, but either ways, I agree with you that, you know, people like the gamers who, who are... Because the games are also addictive. So the people who play games on a continuous basis, they, they will spend money. Uh, it's a difficult concept for people who have never spent money on games before. But, you know, the numbers are... They don't lie. I mean, games like Fortnite, PUBG, you have Clash of Clans... All of these, you know, games are making billions of dollars in revenue. So, yeah. I think this industry is growing at a very good pace. When you come back to India, I think India is a hyper growth market for gaming industry. I think it's gonna this.
1: And this is the most fascinating factor about Indian market. I've felt that you anything sells over here because you have market for you have consumers for anything and everything.
0: Yeah. Because the population is huge. One point three billion people. You can sell anything.
1: Yes. You can sell anything over here. You get a target consumer for everything.
0: Yeah. So, you know, just to give some context here, the Indian gaming industry is projected to grow mm-hmm. at a CAGR of 32.6%, which basically means that it will double in size in less than three years. It's a very good industry for any company to be in. And we we like to see a company operating in a high growth industry. So Nazara Technologies is on the cusp of being one of the major beneficiaries of the growth in the indian gaming industry and that really bodes well for it i also want to talk about esports so you know this is something which i didn't know before like before i was researching for nazara did you did you know about esports before you were researching about this this company
1: no not really i think i should admit very honestly not much
0: yeah i thought esports is just like playing video games online but Turns out you can like esports is when you, when two professional players are playing video games online and there is an audience that is paying, like they're they buying tickets to watch those people play online. Now that is like a crazy concept to me. <laughs> why? Actually. Why would anyone pay to watch two people play video games online? Right? I think we've already
1: answered it. Everything sells in India. Anything and everything.
0: I mean, people have the time to do it. I think the Gen Z, the people who are going to colleges and also the youth, they, they have that sort of time to watch people play video games. I mean, this is, this is an industry, esports, which is growing at a tremendous pace. People are actually making careers out of it. Like there, there are professional gamers who are making a million dollars in one year just through esports. A lot of kids, they have stopped studying and they have actually pursued their careers in esports, and you know they are making more money than we ever could so i am i'm a bit jealous that you know this same here i feel jealous that you know somebody can
1: make such kind of money playing
0: games yeah it is it is what it is and uh, you know moving on to the next parameter what, what do you think about the competition in this space and what are some risks that you know the company faces in the long term
1: uh, I think when it comes to the peers or competitors, uh, Nazara has a very wide product portfolio. They have so many verticals. So I don't think there is exactly one peer or companies or any other company we can compare Nazara to. It, w- it would you not know. be a very Apple to Apple comparison. I believe so.
0: There, there is no single yes. pure play listed player in the Indian With such
1: market. diversification. Yeah. And with Rakesh Junjunwala. So, I think there is no peer-to-peer comparison as such. And about the risk, I would say it has always been monetization, whether or not people will spend or not. I think it quite depends on the state of economy, how much money people are having. It depends on a lot of factors because this is not a need we are talking about. This is a very discretionary expense. There is no need for it. So, it depends on various factors. So, for me, the risk would be monetization whether or not they'll be able to generate revenues, which is huge because I think without revenues, there is no point.
0: I would say one of the biggest risks for the company is vaccination, like people getting vaccinated. And
1: yes, maybe yes,
0: because when people are spending less time at home and they're traveling, doesn't leave much time to play games, right? Because when you're at home, when you're in lockdown, you want to relax. And this is why we've seen such a tremendous growth in games, but It's kind of funny (laughs) that, you know, COVID is actually one of the biggest uh, tailwinds for the Yes, I
1: can only think of a very small chunk of people who wouldn't be happy with the vaccination out. I think one would be children who would be supposed to go to school now and second would be companies like these and whose revenues are actually going to be affected now. They would be back to normal. So, in 2020, they made a huge, they saw a huge spike in the revenue and I think Mm -hmm. this year should not be considered This is an abnormal year for them. So this year's revenues are, should not be a very big parameter for the selection purpose or actually choosing whether to invest
0: or not. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, if you're a long-term investor and if you want to set a parameter on evaluating the company, then this year's revenue, you know, it's not the best parameter because the company has already achieved like 80% of the revenue that they generated in the previous year in just six months. But I mean, you know, talking about competition, uh, I just want to highlight a few points here. So there is no direct competition that the company has. Okay. But in, in each segment, there are big players that are competing with Nazara. So in the mobile gaming industry, there are players like Epic Games, Tencent, Sony, Microsoft. These are very big companies that Nazara is competing with. If these companies come out with a new game, that competes directly with a game, which Nazara has developed, then that is a risk for Nazara coming to the e-sports category. Nazara dominates that industry with 80% market share in the Indian uh, e-sports market. So there there's no real competition. E-sports is completely dominated by Nazara in the gamified business, like the gamified learning business. They have competition from players like Baijus, Topper Unacademy, but Again, you know, uh, I mean, Nazara is making money in North America. So uh, there's, again, we're not sure what level of competition they have in this segment and coming to the, their last segment, which is fantasy sports. So I think most people know about this, about this company dream 11, which is their biggest competitor in this space. And honestly, I think one of the risks for Nazara is operating in the fantasy gaming segment, because they are making a lot of losses in this segment. And it has like this segment has completely pushed down their EBITDAs. So not a lot of points, not a lot of negative points for us to cover here, which is like, we, we go out of our way to look for negative points. And I'm a bit sad that I could not find any red flags here, but you know, just two or three points that you need to keep in mind that, you know, they, they have good competition in the subcategories, like mobile gaming, they have insane level of competition esports is dominated by nazara in india uh, they are not there in esports in the global market so again you know if they want to capture that market it's it's not going to be easy but no pure play competition and not a lot of negative points for us to talk about so all in all i think you know nazara is one of the very few companies that really has got it excited and uh, talking about the flip side here what what are some positive things that you have come across while you were researching for the company, Mega.
1: Um, Actually, to begin with, it's the association of Jhunjhunwala's name. I think that brings a lot of credibility to the company. And then I think they would get a first mover advantage because the sector is very attractive. And this is for the very first time that a gaming company, a company into this sector is getting listed on the exchange. So pe- everybody wants to grab a piece of it. Yeah. So that is going to work. And there there has been so much hype around the sector itself lately. Uh, then the company has a very strong network and relationship. They are actually growing both in the organic and inorganic in way. They are diversifying, they are acquiring, merging, they are doing things. They have a very aggressive approach. And coming back to it, then domestic mobile companies, the gaming industry is uh, projected to triple its size hmm. in the next three years, not in a very long time, but next like three years. So company has market leadership. It is the leader in many segments. As you mentioned, eSports. They are diversifying into e learning now. The gamified learning. So I think that's a very attractive segment to be in. It's it's growing very fast. And, and also the
0: fact then, that, you know, there's the Chinese app ban thing, right?
1: Yes, yes. Chinese are out of India now almost. I think they're out. I think that has left a lot of void and a lot of potential for the Indian companies now. They have market; They can grab.
0: I think, yeah, a lot of people were very sad when PUBG was banned. So then, oh my God, don't remind me of that. Yeah, and then, they, like, I remember watching Akshay Kumar come out with a game called 4G. If that you... was funny. Sorry, yeah.
1: Akshay Kumar, but that was funny.
0: I mean, they, they can't It's even... funny to
1: people like you and me, but... Yeah.
0: Not for everyone. Obviously, there there are people who, who really love the name because it was a play on PUBG. Anyways, but I agree with you. I mean, there are a lot of drivers for this company, I would say. I think one of the biggest advantages is their dominance of the eSports category. They have cornered the market. They have around 80% of the Indian eSports market. Then they have partnership with, you know, players like ESL, Valve Corporation, which are very big names in the eSports category. Then they also own a esports news company called Sportskeeda. That tells you like, you know, they, they really want to own all the pieces in the esports market. Uh, it ve- becomes very really difficult for any new player to come and then compete with Nazara. That's one of the biggest advantages I think the company has. Monopoly in the esports market. Second, I think, is the strategic acquisitions that they've made. So, in the past 2-3 years, they have really, you know, started spending money in acquisitions. They have bought E-learning companies like Kidopia, they have bought stake in Nordwin Gaming, which is a player in the esports market. Then they have bought; uh, they have a lot of subsidiaries now, so in different segments. Like they they bought Hala Play; it's a company in the fantasy sports market, which is not which has not really worked out for them because it's they're losing a lot of money in that segment. But it shows you the vision that the founders have. Like they they don't want to be limited to the mobile gaming segment; they want to capture every piece of this ecosystem. They also have more than like 1000 games, which they offer in their subscription gaming model. You know, there's a game called World Cricket Championship, which is one of the largest mobile cricket simulation games in India. I've not heard of it before. This is the first time I've heard of this game, but apparently it's like the largest cricketing game in India. They make decent amount of money from in-app advertisements and in-app purchases. It's not a big part of the business, but... You know, they are making money from a lot of sources. Like it's a very diversified gaming company. And I think having all of your eggs not in just one basket and having a diversified set of revenue sources is one of the key advantages for the company. What do you think?
1: Definitely. I think, and we both know, and it is quite clear that not every segment is performing well. So I think one of their segments is not doing that well even. Uh, I think it's fantasy games.
0: Yes they're losing money
1: yes they're actually losing money but the thing we should understand here is that in companies like these or sectors like these the, the revenue is function of two things first is getting consumers so even if the sector is not monetizing or generating revenue but it is getting more people those set of people or those set of consumers can be leveraged for the other sectors for the other verticals they have
0: yeah they can cross sell their products like just yes once like,
1: the consumer yeah. is in you, are you have access to them you can sell them anything at least try to sell them anything
0: and they have a lot of verticals to sell like the the cross selling could happen across a lot of platforms like mobile gaming e learning then e sports that helps
1: and you know for the companies like these uh, when the investors are actually making investment, I think the consumer base really matters. I think that's a big factor for the investors as well.
0: Hmm, definitely. And I think it ticks the right boxes. Uh, Nazara yes. is one of those few companies that I just, I really want to speak something against the company, but I'm just not able to. Like, I just don't have the pointers with me. So
1: that, I feel sorry for you this time.
0: I will find out. Just wait for the next few quarterly results.
1: (laughs) Of course, we are very clear that company has flaws, but every, every company has. But as of now, the company seems really, really good.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we cannot miss talking about the financials of the company. So from, from that perspective, how are the financials looking like? What's, what's your opinion? What's your take on the financials of the company?
1: So if we talk about the risk for the company, so company has very strong cash reserves, very good cash reserves, and it has no debt. So I think both these factors reduces the risk to an extent. And as we mentioned, FY 2021 has been an abnormal year. So I won't consider the growth in this year. And I will not be going gaga by saying, oh, company registered such a huge growth in revenue because this is not a normal year for them. So, and they are, their focus is on inorganic in growth. They are acquiring a lot of company companies in, for all their verticals. So, there has been a degrowth of 1.4% in FY 2019. But then, like we said, it has registered a strong growth now. In, in the previous year, also in FY 2020, they posted a strong revenue growth of 45.9%. And they have they don't have a very strong bottom line. Uh, for mm-hmm. the fact that lately they have been spending a lot of money on advertising and promotions. But mm-hmm. I think that will drive the growth for the top line in the coming years. So that is fine.
0: I think that's required. Like for a company like Nazara, where people really don't know much about the company, they have to spend money on advertisement and promotions. Yes. So all in all, I think financials look okay. We We're not very excited about the financials because it's still making a loss. I mean, the losses were somewhere around... 26 crores in the financial year 2020. And for the first half of financial year 21, they have incurred a loss of 10 crores. The fact that it's not a profit making company is, is a red flag. Like it's, I won't say it's the only thing (coughs) you need to look at, but it's one of those things that, you know, the financials are not top notch still. It's still growing. And uh, I would say the, the future ahead looks very bright for them. I mean, if they can capitalize on the growth in the industry, then the financials will also get in order. Like you mentioned, you know, they are spending around 60% of their revenues in advertisement and marketing. So I think in the next two, three years, at least I don't think that they are going to be profitable in any big way. So, and I I think it remains to be seen whether they can, you know, sustain this revenue growth because once things get back to normal, I don't know when it's going to happen. The cases in Bombay are rising again. So (laughs) It's good news for Nazara. Once things get back to normal, then can they still maintain that revenue growth? That's the most interesting part for me because a lot of their revenues are also coming from North America. Like 41% of their revenue is coming from North America through the e-learning application, Kidopia. They have a good mix. The revenue mix is good. But again, you know, we need to watch the next few quarters, how they are. And hopefully I get some sort of negative comment about the company so that you know i can just my heart will be my thirst will be quenched to say something negative about the company but and uh, then we'll
1: record a separate episode for this the kind of excitement it has for the negatives of for the company i think it deserves a separate episode
0: definitely definitely i'm fingers are crossed i i really hope that the first few quarters are not that good let's see i uh,
1: think that the promoters are coming for you now you have Said a lot, I think you should close your
0: mouth now. Yeah. All right. So coming to the last parameter, which is really, really important if you're a short-term investor or even, you know, when, when you're looking from a long-term perspective, valuations of the company. So how do the valuations of the company look for you?
1: Um, uh, I think the company value that EV2 sales multiple of twelve point seven as compared to the global peers, I think it is little it, it is on the higher side. But yeah. then I think valuation is a mix of many factors. The potential it has for growth and the kind of market leadership it has, for me, it is justified.
0: Mm. It's too difficult to predict right now. Like, is, is this the correct valuation that the company should trade at? You know, because the Indian gaming industry is at such an inflection point right now. It's still so early to say anything about the valuation. So I don't know. I mean, is this the correct valuation? I, I really cannot say that.
1: I think I mean, if we go for relative valuation, if we actually compare relatively, so it is on the higher side as compared to the global peers. But then if going with the normal things, other factors, so then we can still say.
0: What I would like to say here is that if the company can capture the growth in the industry, then this 12.7 is a meaningless number. Because, you know, if three or four years down the line, they can double their profits. If they can, you know, see a 50, 60% growth in top line and in bottom line, then this number, right? 12.7 is going to come substantially down. And that's the reason why it's so difficult for us to predict whether this is a high valuation or a it's a justified valuation. And looking at the absolute term, I would say 12.7 times is expensive because, you know, the company has not proven itself. You know, the execution has to be spot on for it to, you know, get such a valuation and you know they have to really like the next 3 4 years have to be really good for the company for it to justify this valuation but i do feel like i do believe that they can execute on this and it's it's one of those crazy times that i'm i'm going to say that 12.7 times ev to sales looks justified for this company the gray market premiums of for this company are around 80 to 90% if you're a long term investor i think again you know this is one of those companies that could really be a multi-bagger like if everything goes good for it and also Junjunwala is he's not selling a single share right Uh, so he's also invested in this company for the long term so I I do believe that the long term potential and the short term potential both are there for this company so what would be your recommendation Mega? like buy, hold, sell what, what would you say?
1: I think those who have subscribed fingers crossed I hope you get it because company is definitely going to have some good listing gains and after that If today we are thinking that company is quite valued on the higher side and after getting a listing gain, I think it would be probably overvalued. Yeah. So after that certain point, I would believe people should actually gauge it before investing. But subscription to IPO, I think it it is a good idea.
0: Definitely you should subscribe. Like already now the window is already closed. We are recording this on the 20th of March. So let's hope that you get the allotment. It's very difficult to get an allotment nowadays. But if you do get allotment and if the company gets a very high listing premium, then probably I would say book your profits because uh, the company still has to prove itself. Watch the next few quarters, I would say. Look at the results for the next three or four quarters before you actually take a long-term bet in this company. But all in all, I think you know this company... I'm I'm really excited about this because gaming... Is growing at a rapid pace. This is a company which is diversified into so many subsectors. I will be tracking this company for the next I don't know how many years, but I, I, we are very excited about this company and uh, let's see how it goes. And uh, Mega, it was a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Same here, Siddharth. It's always a pleasure being on Bazaar and working out, working and actually making people help to decide. I think these are opinions, what we do tell, but it is
0: good. We learn a lot in the process, right? Like when we are the company, we learn a lot. So, not only the listener. Particularly
1: this company, I think it's a breath of fresh air. (laughs) We were talking about metals and oil and telecom, and here come games. So, I think, yes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Overall, a very good experience. It was a good company to talk about. All right, Mega. Thank you for coming on the show. That does it for today's edition of Bazaar. People on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell, but don't buy or sell based on what you hear. Do your own investing research before you put any money to work. You know, your decision should be made only after you do your research. And uh, you can reach out to us at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you think of the show, how we can improve it, what are some other topics you want us to cover. And it feels good when people reach out to us and even if you like the episode or if you like what we're doing at bazaar please reach out to us you know it it really helps us it gives us that confidence to just keep going so take care and we'll see you next week